things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Chadi here. Welcome to episode 40 of I Cry in Corners. This is the season four finale, and I'm super excited about it. How did we get to 40 episodes? This is absolutely crazy. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you for being on this journey with me. And what a journey it's been. Um, for funsies and because I'm a little OCD, let's do a big recap. First off, I Cry in Corners is, um, if you're new here, it's not a cool, fun title I thought of because I was like, what's going to catch people? It's a real-life Bible leadership principle that I got after reading the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that pretty much says, yes, I have emotions, but they don't have me. And when I have my emotional moments, uh, I walk away to pray and see God. And so that's pretty much what I Cry in Corners was based off of. And so season one, episodes one and ten are the foundational episodes you will want to listen to to help you become the type of leader, the type of person, the type of human that is mature enough to uh, lead with love and not uh, lead by your emotions. Season two, on the other hand, was um, hmm, I built upon the building blocks season one gave us uh, by breaking down the 10 things that are must haves in your corner in order to be this mature, emotionally stable human. And these are the things you need in your life. These are the things that make you stronger. These are the, these are the things that um, push you closer to God. Season three, 21 through 30, I have, um, I started to like really dive into what the kingdom looks like, looks like. And I started to build upon the kingdom building blocks that help you stay focused on the things that really matter. Um, and then season four, 31 through 40, I continued that theme by helping you identify, um, that you're a nomad, identifying who you are in this world, um, and then I tried to sharpen that, uh, and sharpen your perspective with the things that are actually a thing. So if anything, this whole podcast has been a, so far, a, hmm, a vessel to help push you forward, to help you understand who you truly are called to be, uh, which is love and, um, how to do that and how to do that well. Um, how to do that well. Cause at the end of the day, like people need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We're all broken. And if we could just figure out how to do it well, how to love people well, how to love God with everything that we are, I feel like we could change the world. So um, that's why I dived into the things that I really wanted you to focus on this season. Uh, Love, which is a thing. Struggle, a thing. Covenant, a major thing as well. Brokenness and breakups. And today I'm jumping off the top rope as peace is a thing. Yep. Uh, that's right. So peace is a thing. People like to say, uh, uh, peace is more of a feeling. Peace can be stolen. Peace can be taken. Um, your peace can be messed with in some type of way, but I'm here today to tell you at 6 AM <laughs> with my cup of coffee and my makeup from last night, that that is not a thing. Um, if I've learned anything in my 15 years of marriage, 20 years of ministry, um, 30 plus years of walking with Jesus, I need you to write this down. This is super duper important as I believe it will help you with your perspective regarding peace. First off, peace is not a feeling. I'm going to explain this in a minute. Peace cannot be stolen. 
Uh, peace doesn't always feel or look like peace. Uh, peace is action-based and peace is stable. So I hope you're ready to take some notes because we're talking about peace today. Um, remember when I said peace was not a person? It's not. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one that walks us through love and walks us through struggle and brokenness and teaches us how to be covenant people through love. And it's peace that we need to press us forward. Okay. He wants us to respond with peace. Jesus does. Um, and Jesus uh, is going to help me explain this because <laughs> I got it out of the Bible and I got it out of Jesus stories. And he wants us to respond in peace. Peace is what we should respond in. It's where we should be. Our foundation should be built in. Um, again, because peace is the person of Jesus Christ. Our actions, everything we operate in um, should come from peace. My mother-in-law one time when I was really upset about something. She said to me, you know, dead people can't get offended. She said it in Spanish, so it sounded way prettier. But she was like, you know what? If you're functioning from a place of peace and you've died daily on the cross and you're focused on Jesus, you won't be offended. You won't be bitter. You won't respond out of not having peace or emotional. Um, if anything, what you'll do um, is you'll respond from a place of peace rooted in Jesus. And that's how he chose to live. That's how he chose to respond from a place of peace because he was connected to his father. Disclaimer, I'm literally teaching you today what I'm talking, what I'm actually walking out right now. Uh, this is something that I have been really struggling with for years, years in ministry. Ministry is really hard. I like to say that ministry, um, I said this live <laughs> at these creative one day gatherings that I've been at, but it's kind of like naked and afraid. Uh, walking with Jesus is like naked and afraid. It's super vulnerable. You're surrounded by weirdos that you have to survive this life with. And the truth is, is that it's hard. And so sometimes at least for me, I feel like my peace is nowhere to be found. And, um, but I have been struggling and struggling and digging and digging and digging to ways to keep my peace to be act my, for my peace to be activated at all times. And what I have found is this stuff that I'm telling you now. Uh, so Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So like I said, it's not a feeling. It's not something that you can just sit around and be like, you know what? I just, I really feel like peace right now. Um, you know, it's just some essential oils. No, 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 that's not peace. Peace is Jesus. It's a person that you can trust, a person who loves you. And when things go awry in my home, um, this is how I came to this realization. When things go crazy in my house or I'm frustrated or something happens, I usually don't freak out. I don't freak out because my husband is always here and he is like, the king of peace. He, I don't, he is rooted in Jesus in a way that I wish I was rooted in Jesus. And he helps me navigate it and fix it and pay for it and <laughs> walk me through it. And I found that because I trust him, because he loves me and I love him, I don't usually react out of not having peace. And Jesus was like, why don't you do that with me as I love you and you should trust me. And so as I've been walking with Jesus this last <laughs> two years and things have been a little crazy and um, Jesus has constantly reminded me that true peace is rooted in trust. And so as I walk with Jesus and I try to do the same, it's resulted in this distrust uh, that I have in him that when things go bad or when things are crazy or things are frustrating, uh, I don't respond or at least I try not to out of anger. There are several stories in the Bible that I can pull through to help me explain this, but I'm going to pull from a couple that I or yeah, I think it's like two that I found in the gospel, uh, Luke and John. Uh, so um, 
the first thing I said was that peace uh, is not a person, it's Jesus. The second thing I said was peace cannot be stolen, but my friends, peace can be given away. You know what I mean? You're the carrier of your peace and it's only you who can relinquish control of the trust you have in Jesus. It's only you. You're the only one that can relinquish this trust that you have in Jesus. And when you relinquish it, what happens is, is you're giving your trust in Jesus to whatever problem you have. There's a story about Jesus in Luke 13 where Jesus is ministering and the Pharisees are like, um, hey, Jesus, um, tap, tap. Uh, so what happened was is Herod is, is going to kill you. He's trying to kill you. And uh, you may want to bounce and leave this place and save yourself. <laughs> and Jesus, uh, like the peace carrier he is, doesn't even flinch. This is the most, there's so many gangster things that Jesus does in the Bible. But this one is like, I read this one and I had to like put my Bible down, go find my husband, read it to him. He looked at me like blink, blink. And I was like freaking out. I was like, this is epic. So I hope you think it's epic. Anyways, I per- pretty much played it too much. Anyways, he has so much trust in his father and the plan for his life. So much trust in his father. So much trust in the plan that his father has for his life. He tells the Pharisees, go tell that fox. Um, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and on the third day. And I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. And then he goes and he talks to the city, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who will kill the prophets and stone those that sent those sent to you? How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you are not willing? Look, your house has left you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I got that out of Luke 13. Guys, he straight said, go get that fox. Go tell that fox. I love the story for so many reasons, but mainly because it shows his trust in Father God, trust in Father's plan, trust in the process. Oh, so much peace. Like I said, um, peace doesn't look, oh, I also said this, peace doesn't always look like peace. Like He looks like a crazy person right there answering the Pharisees. But Jesus was so rooted in trust and peace. Your peace may not always look like a walk on the beach in essential oils. I'll just sit around and just let you process that one. Yeah, that's that's not peace. I mean, it can be, but it's not. It may look like people yelling at you and yelling threats and mistrust and you not responding like a crazy. But just like Jesus, you're meant to respond with peace. He pretty much said, I'm not worried about your death threats and even death because on day one and day two and day three, I will be restoring people to wholeness. And it was just like bomb drop. (laughs) I love him. He's such a gangster. Then he goes on to tell the city y'all ain't ready because I'm coming back and I'm coming back for you. I mean, that is the most gangster thing I've ever heard. Can you imagine like the Pharisees were like, what is this guy's problem? What is he doing? Like so much peace in the process, so much peace and trust in Jesus and in Father God that he knew, he knew some of you need to tell your situation to get ready because peace is coming. Seriously, peace is action based. It's not passive. It's not passing out flowers. (laughs) It, It moves. It shakes things up. Sometimes peace goes to war and someone who's rooted in and the trust in God and his plans comes out victorious, even if it looks like they were beaten and crucified. Yeah. Peace doesn't um, look like what you think, nor does it feel like what you think. It feels like um, stepping out in faith and trust It feels like maybe butterflies in your stomach and tears welling up in your eyes. It looks like following Jesus when everyone else runs away. 
It, it looks like uh, singing in a prison. Uh, it looks like loving people through breakups. It looks like choosing to be covenant and staying committed when things get hard. Uh, that's what peace looks like and feels like. It looks like struggle and um, love in response of struggle. Write this down. Peace isn't the absence of struggle. It's who you are rooted in, in the midst of struggle. That's what peace is. That's what peace is. Um, If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, or a person of faith, you may have heard someone say, I don't feel at peace about that. Hold on while I drink my coffee. I'll let you process that, as you're already thinking of people that say that to you all the time. I used to hear this all the time as a kid. We would be trying to do something, and someone in the group, or... I don't know, they would be like, I just, I really don't have a peace with that, you know, and usually what I have, what I have found is people that say that a lot, it's usually because they use it as a crutch um, to not move forward, like they blame God for their fear, and so they'll be like, I don't have a peace about that. Peace, having a peace about it doesn't mean that you're not scared about it, or that there's not concerns, it just means, uh, man, peace, before I move forward, if I'm in it, and God's opening up a door, and it's and it's it's just like if you're so in tune with what God's doing, you won't have to be like, hmm, I wonder if there's a peace here. Peace is you're you have peace. Gee, if you're in the room, there's peace. I'm not saying go and make bad decisions without praying about it. I'm saying that peace is not something that you have to wait for. Peace is activated within you. You should be able to walk into a situation and walk into a room and just be at peace. You should be bringing peace into places. Uh, how do I explain that? Okay, so if you want to be a person who is always at peace, if you want to be that person that walks into situations that um, walks into situations, walks into um, circumstances, understands before you walk into something, um, I'd say choose love over everything because love matters more than being right. You want to have peace about loving people. You want to be peace, uh, be at peace about uh, relationships. I think that's the thing people use the most. I just really don't feel at peace about dating this person anymore. And then they break up. Or I don't really feel at peace about this job, so I'm going to quit. No, 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 no. Peace doesn't make things feel easy. Peace just makes Jesus lord over the situation. Oh, oh my God, that's so good. I don't even know what I said. I'm going to repeat it, but I can't repeat it because I don't know what I said. Peace peace makes Jesus bigger than the situation. So if you choose love, love which is God, God is love, then what happens is love becomes bigger than everything. Okay, here's another thing. If you want to be a person that is always at peace, embrace struggles and hard things because you know who you're trusting in is bigger than the struggle. I'm pretty much, I think I said that in the last one, but you got to embrace the struggle because struggle's a thing. Love is a thing. Here's another one. Be a covenant person in your relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be committed to people. Can you try that? Do that. Let's be those people. Let's be those people that don't just have fair weather friends or fair weather situations or for fair weather jobs. Um, uh, let's be covenant people in our relationships. And let's, uh, there's no franchise players anymore. Can I just say this? So I live in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm a Jaguars fan. Um, we're not a great team, but you know, we're, 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 it's my team. I love my team. Jaguars. We love them. It doesn't matter if, if they suck. It doesn't matter if they're good. I'm a Jaguar fan. I love the Jaguars. I'm going to rock my Jaguars Levi jean jacket all winter long because I love the Jaguars because I'm a franchise fan. I love the Jaguars. It doesn't matter. So recently, uh, one of our main players got really upset and he just did a press conference that he now wants to be moved to another team because they were not winning, you know, and he really wants to win. I understand. It's not, that's not a bad desire to have. But the thing about it is, is if you only ever want to be part of the team, 
if you're winning, you're not really a team player. You're a you player. You're a selfish person. I'm not saying he's selfish. I'm just trying to give you a kingdom perspective. Covenant people stick it out even when you lose. They don't quit on people. They don't quit on relationships. And people who live from a position of peace bring peace into their circumstance. They don't run to find peace. Some of you are wondering why you're not winning and you think maybe the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where there's poop, where things kind of get rough, where things got, where you got to struggle until and get in the soil. That's where the grass is greener. And the story of Jesus asleep on the pillow of the storm, I always think of this. There's a, sto- a story in the Bible. It's in several of the different gospels where Jesus, there's a storm and he's asleep on a pillow and the disciples are freaking out. He did not go find peace in the storm. Okay, he didn't have to go find peace in the storm. His peace was so much bigger than anything else that he was able to sleep in the storm on a pillow at the edge of the boat when everyone else was freaking out and the waves and the wind and everything. His peace was there in the rain, in the churning of the waves. It was there so much so that when he woke up, the waves took notice. He spoke to the storm and the storm took notice. Some of you are walking through situations and no one's taking notice. Because what you're bringing into the waves and what you're bringing into the storm is anxiety and not peace. I want to be one of those people that walks into a situation and peace is immediately felt. I just snapped. Sorry. But that's the truth. That's what I want to be. I want to be a person that is so trusted in in God and so trusted in his plan and his process and everything. That it doesn't matter what's happening. Everything takes notice because peace has walked in the room. That his presence goes before us. I have a question. I have a question. Ask yourself this. Honest question. Does your brokenness and others' brokenness take notice when you wake up? Does the peace within you activate some kind of gangster kingdom response when you wake up? When you're walking in situations? Or if not, are you truly walking and living in peace? Because I want to wake up in the morning and everything take notice. Oh my gosh, she's awake. She's awake. Get ready. And the way that I do that is by filling myself up with worship music and the word of God and good things and people that are also full of peace. Not that I don't have friends that maybe are a little bit... I talked about this where some people are asks and some people are gives. Like everyone will have those moments in life, but you've got to be a person of peace. If you want to be a person who functions in peace, put everyone and everything on notice in a way, in the way that you trust God with your life. That's how you do it. You put everyone and everything on notice and you do it by the way you trust God. Is God bigger than your circumstance? Is God the one who, are you making kingdom decisions? Do you um, focus on kingdom things? Are you focused on the things that don't matter? The things that are not a thing? Or are you focused on the things that are a thing? So I try to think of a practical practical way to tell you this besides that. And and the word that I felt like the Lord said was wait, which is funny because I wrote an entire podcast on learning how to wait. See, when you wait till you're not mad, until you respond, you're able to bring peace into a situation. When you wait till you have a better perspective before you make a decision, or you wait to hear from God, it's like peace happens. Peace is activated. Wait, when you wait to hear God say something before you act, before you move, before you speak, 
I'm sure I've said this a hundred million times, but it says that like his voice is like a whisper, right? So the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking. It's constantly drawing us. It's constantly, it's constantly speaking. God is constantly speaking. We just constantly don't hear him because everything else in our world is louder than him. In the book of John, Jesus takes his disciples into like a real sad place where there are tons of broken people and they're in need of a lot of healing and he starts healing people. And as usual, the religious get really angry because how he's walking out peace offends them. And Jesus, in response, this is in the book of John, uh, he says, The truth is that the Son does nothing on his own. All his actions are led by the Father. The Son watches the Father closely and then mimics the work of the Father. The Father loves the Son, so he does not hide his actions. Instead, he shows him everything, and uh, it's revealed by the Father. And dumbfounded to you. <laughs> That's awesome. The Father can give life to those who are dead in the same way the Son can give life, the gift of life to those He chooses. And when you're throwing, and when you're um, functioning from a place of peace, like Jesus was here, you are in tune to what the Father is doing and what He wants you to do. Jesus, Jesus didn't even engage until engage ministry until His thirties. Like some of you are trying to engage platforms and life goals, and instead of waiting, uh, you're wondering why you don't have peace in the season. Well, because you're not graced for it. You're not graced for whatever it is you're trying to do at 25 or at 35 or maybe even at 45. Like the truth is, is that sometimes we walk into situations or we have vision for something and then we step into it um, prematurely and then we wonder why we're not feeling peace about it. You're not graced for that season. You had it. You didn't wait. You didn't really seek God in the waiting. People who function from a place of peace seek God in the waiting. Chadi, what does that mean? That means that waiting doesn't scare them. That means uh, not moving fast doesn't scare them. If God gives them something or they see something, instead of feeling like they have to jump on it or fix a situation, they wait. Maturity waits. You think Jesus wasn't super mad at the disciples when he walked back out at the Garden Gethsemane where he was crying and overwhelmed and asking his father to remove that cup from him? You think he didn't want to lose his mind on them for sleeping? He's like, you're my best friends. I need you here. No, he didn't. He went away to pray again because he was not moved by other people. He had this trust in this peace. So you want to be a person of peace? You got to walk in love. Write this down. These are the things that I walk. You got to walk in love. You got to embrace struggle. You got to get under the umbrella of covenant. And once you're linked up with real peace, your life will change. You can't let your brokenness steal your peace. And you can't, you can't let other people's brokenness steal your peace. And you got to put brokenness on notice. That didn't mean to rhyme. I turned into a rapper there. I'm sorry. You got to learn to wait. Um, and finally, don't let circumstance and breakups steal your peace. It's always with you. Your peace is always with you, calling out to you because it's the person of Jesus Christ. Oof. There you got it. Oh my God, season four is done. It's done. <laughs> oh my God, what just happened? Ah. High fives, guys. High fives all around. Wow. Hmm. I'm emotional. That was a that was a, that was a big one. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that myself. That's peace, guys. Peace is so important. We can't we can't live this life without peace. We can't love people without peace. We can't we can't do anything without the peace of God. Um, you know, I talk about peace in a couple other episodes in this in this season where I talk about peace being a shalom, nothing missing, nothing lost, and that's where God wants you functioning from a place where nothing is missing. 
and nothing is lost. So please go out and kick butt and take names and be a person of peace because that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what we should be doing as a family. Um, yeah. So, uh, wow. Did I go over? I did. I went over. Oh my God. Okay. How do I do this fast? Okay. So, um, I'm going to take the next few weeks and go record the audible for nomad for all of you audible people. Uh, the audible should be out in January along with season five of the podcast. Season five is going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to do it on a devotional that I wrote, um, about a year ago. Okay. Uh, it's going to be called What Happens When, uh, based on some of my favorite Bible characters. And I'm going to talk through what happens when you say yes to hard things, what happens when you believe a lie, what happens when your gift actually has you. Um, there's so many different things I'm going to talk about. I'm really excited, um, as it probably will eventually be a book. And I'm so excited to take the next few months to get Nomad on the Audible on Audible, I guess. I don't know. Is that where it goes? And get, oh, make sure you get caught up on um, 40 episodes if you haven't heard them all. Um, go buy the book on Amazon. You don't want to miss out on the paperback. And make sure you're following me on social media so you can stay up to date uh, because there's a bunch of 2020 dates coming and I want to meet you in real life. Oh my God, I got a couple seconds. Okay, um, make sure you're following on Instagram. I'm praying for you. I'm believing for you. Nothing is missing. Nothing is lost. Peace is within you. Tell everyone. Tell everything. Take notice because you're going to function from a place of peace. Okay, love you, weirdo.